As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. We're the fourth winningest franchise in the league since 2000. All right, that means... In the upper quartile of winners, we're in the top quartile of that upper quartile. That's rare air. Hello and welcome back to the Upper Quartile Podcast. I am your host, Jim Aiello, and I am joined by the Athletics Colts beat writer, James Boyd. James, I feel like we're in in mid of a... You wrote it in your story this weekend. It's a little bit of deja vu, right? We're talking about kind of the same injury and how the Colts are going to figure it out with Anthony Richardson and all that stuff. That said... You're off hoodie watch officially, so congratulations to you there. Uh, we got some jo- we got Jonathan Taylor news to discuss. Got that written down. We got obviously I got I think we got to talk about I think we got to talk about the Kingslayer uh, at some yes. point during this podcast. Yes, let's do this. Let's just start with Anthony Richardson. It's obviously the biggest news. We'll get into Jonathan Taylor in a little bit, but biggest news is, is is he's dealing with an AC joint sprain. It seems like it's worse than you know some other AC joint sprains that we've heard about in recent years. Obviously, like I think. One of the things in your story and I had sent you was that, hey, Derek Carr had an AC joint sprain in week three, I think, and came back and played in week four. Like, so maybe it's not that bad. Well, it turns out this one is probably a little bit worse. There's different grades of sprain. I know you've been digging into, you know, you hadn't got enough of the minutia reading into like the players, the, the NFLPA contract. So you decided to dive into AC joint, you know, medical uh, <laughs> jargon. So that's good for you. But no, I mean, let's just let's just go. What, what do we know? And then I guess the question I want to ask you to get to is. The thing everybody's wondering, is it unlucky or injury prone? Or where are we at with Anthony Richardson? Yeah, that's the money question right there, right? Because you look at him, you know, six foot four, two fifty, looks like a Greek god, you know, and he hasn't finished, you know, most of his games. He's only finished one out of the four that he started in this season under his own power, on his own will. So that's that's tough. And, you know, our Diana uh, Rossini reported that from a team source that he could be out you know, they're bracing for a four to six week absence. And then, you know, talking to Shane Steichen, although he would not give any details on like the length of time, when he could be back or things like that. He did say he will miss some time, made it very clear that they're preparing for Gardner Minshew. I would expect to be the starter, not only in Jacksonville this upcoming weekend, but for the foreseeable future, just because of um, the nature of the injury and just how somber uh, Shane was about it. Not that he would be chipper in any instance because he's just, he's the same (laughs) no matter what. But the real conversation was, you know, we kind of peppered him with questions about Anthony Richardson. I asked, hey, 
is injured reserve a possibility, which will automatically knock him out for the next four games. He said he wouldn't have more information right now. He would keep us posted. I don't know if he'll keep us posted. Um, Every coach says that, and then you just get like a news release. And, and, and I personally, as a coach, I wouldn't want to give medical updates either. And, you know, uh, Kevin Vaughn, buddy at 107.5 The Fan asked, hey, you know, is surgery a possibility? And he, you know, he was like, hey, we don't have enough information. And again, he wouldn't tell us that. So it's very unfortunate. It, it does feel unlucky, in my opinion, because, you know, Shane Steichen has stood on this early on throughout the season. When we asked about Anthony Richardson getting hurt that first game where he kind of got the blow to the knee or whatever and, and left the game. He was like, well, you know, statistically, most quarterbacks get hit in the pocket. And that's true. Or, or get hurt in the pocket, rather. They get injuries in the pocket from getting hit because they don't expect it, right? You you don't see it coming, you get clobbered or whatever, or someone rolls up on your ankle, a lot of big men in there, and you get messed up. With Anthony, you know, it was, okay, we'll dismiss that after one week. The concussion in week two, okay, got to make sure you finish off the play, hit your head on the turf, that's that's normal, okay. But this one, I it felt like the most unlucky one because it was a routine tackle. You know, it wasn't like the Titans linebacker, Landry just – went and clobbered him and, you know, put all his weight on his shoulder. He fell on top of him, but it was a routine tackle, Jim. And and, and when we saw it, I mean, I played it back because usually I have the feed up on my uh my, my laptop as well, YouTube TV, and I'll just run it back just to see a couple plays here and there in real time and pause it and see, okay, this person made this tackle, whatever. It was a normal play, a play that probably happened a thousand times last week in the NFL with any ball carrier, and it just so happens that – Anthony Richardson couldn't get back up after that. And we knew instantly, like, okay, he's got a pretty significant injury because he couldn't raise his arm up. He couldn't raise his right shoulder up. So just a really, really tough break for someone who, again, it's not like he's out there reckless. It's not like he's out there and he's clueless either when he's playing, even when he's healthy. I mean, he's looked really good. He had some good plays Sunday. He was 9 for 12 for 98 yards, had a dime to Josh Downs down the field you know, where Josh goes up and catches it basically in double coverage. And, I mean, it, it was just unfortunate, you know, and it was a second run of the game, four-yard gain, and, you know, it was a play that, that went for a huge game the week before against the Rams. I believe it was like a 20-yard run or whatever. And, you know, Titan snuffed it out better, and he just got hurt. So, I mean, the injury-prone label, growing up as a Chicago Bulls fan and, 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 lo- and loving Derrick Rose during that time, it's always, like, annoying because it's it, – can it be true? Yes. It has Anthony Richardson been injury prone through his first month of his NFL career? Yes, that's that's a factual statement. However, that label, I feel like it, it takes on a different uh, life sometimes, right, Jim? Because we you, then you get into the oh, he's made a glass. He's I got some of those comments, and it's just like, dude, he's not made a glass. He's not asking to be hurt. He's not playing recklessly. It's just I I would lean more towards he's unlucky as of right now than injury prone, but just because it's a small sample size. I mean, I think I saw a stat where it's like Matt Stafford missed a ton of games when he first came into the league, and then and now he you know he's been relatively durable over like a 15, 16 year career. So it's early, you know. I, I would tell Colts fans don't panic just yet, but it is. I think this is fair, Jim. Maybe you can weigh in as well. It is a louder conversation now than we had maybe two weeks ago i think it's good perspective that you had i mean like i said it's it's such a small sample size and this guy is hopefully long career and to talk about a guy like matt stafford and again you talk about the injuries i want to get into this a little bit is you talking about him playing reckless or playing smart i really don't think you can kind of fault him for any of the injuries the first one 
he was being aggressive, but it was like, again, that those are the times of the game where you want him to be aggressive. He's fighting for extra yards uh, in the fourth quarter, trying to get a win. Like, I don't think anybody's going to, right. I don't think anybody's going to fault him for that. The concussion, again, you can maybe fault him for not finishing the play, I guess. I just don't think he knew that guy. He didn't see that guy coming. He was walking into the end zone. Again, I, I'm not really blaming him for that. And then this one, like you said, routine play. So I don't think it's been any fault of his own. So I kind of want to eliminate that. And then the other thing I wanted to say was that injury prone to me, this is just my own like personal definition of injury prone. Typically, the way I think of it is like recurring soft tissue injuries or issues like issues that come up the same, you know, hamstring injury perpetually comes up every time. Or, you know, you have you have these same kinds of injuries come up with muscles and things like that. This is three different injuries in three different spots. I know it's a lot in one time. I know it's all happening within this five week window. But it really just does feel unlucky. And maybe I'm making excuses. I don't know. But it just does. It just feels unlucky given that we're talking about what head, shoulder and legs like we've we've hit all three parts of the body at this point. It's just weird plays. And we, I mean, again, you just wouldn't have seen it coming on even even like the one where he was being aggressive. Like, I mean, shoot, running backs dive forward all the time like he did and end up being fine. Now, now maybe he's got to refine the way he takes hits or something like that. But I don't know. Ultimately, I think I said I, I'd be hesitant to throw the injury prone label on him, too, just because these aren't. You know, again, like soft tissue injuries that are recurring, same hamstring injury happening over and over again. These are just kind of random things that are happening in games. Now, he's going to have to prove, right? Like he's going to have to prove that he's not that guy. I think this happened to Paris, uh, you know, Paris Campbell when he was with the Colts. Like a bunch of random injuries. Everybody's thrown injury prone label at him. And then he played, you know, he played a full last season with the Colts. He's still healthy with the Giants, not performing very well, but still with the Giants. I don't think he was injury prone. I just think he got really unlucky. Now, again, we're hoping Anthony Richardson's unluckiness doesn't last three years like Paris Campbell's did. I would be very hesitant to throw an injury prone label on him. I, I just, it just, it doesn't seem fair yet. Yeah, it's, it's tough. And, you know, again, you feel for the guy. I went through his brief, you know, injury history. And one thing I will kind of dismiss, and it's it's not even like the players mean to do this, but you talk to some of the guys in the locker room before this, this most recent injury. And they're like, oh, you know, he's a big guy. He's a big dude. And, you know, he'll be fine. And, that's kind of like the the narrative that you get when you're dealing with the dynamic, explosive, big-bodied athletes. It's like, oh, how can he get hurt? He's, you know, this guy. He's Iron Man or whatever. But the reality is Anthony does have injury history. Now, I'm going to cushion this by saying this is over the course of like four or five years, you know, dating back to like high school and stuff like that. So it's not like he's, you know, had – a major injury every single year of his life or something like that. And the Colts just was like, well, whatever. Like he can run fast and throw the ball pretty far. And he, you know, he's a good kid. Like, no, I'm sure that they, you know, looked into his injury history, but not even from their perspective, that was never a conversation about him around the draft at all. And you know, that stuff comes up for almost every, you know, player that, that people feel is necessary too, but that was not the case for him. It never really came up. Shane Sykin was asked that question yesterday. Did you look at the injury history at all? No, he's going to be a dual third quarterback. No, he's going to the NFL taking bigger hits. And he said, no, you know, this is someone who we just looked at his body of work, his talent, his character, and decided to to pick him. And we were going to pick him. So they did. And they didn't make the wrong choice. He looks the part. I mean, the, the guy is very um, impressive. I mean, he has seven touchdowns. And, and I think it might have been like in less than like 10 quarters or something like that of actual football play this year. So, yeah, and, and to the Colts' credit, they have the best backup in the league, arguably, and, and someone who can keep him steady. But you do lose a certain level of 
just explosiveness, big playability, and sort of keeping defenses honest because you look at the tape. I know you sent this to me yesterday, and I watched some of the all 22 back different plays. We'll get into some of the hilarious things I saw from DeForest Buckner. Well, hilarious for you know me watching, but not um getting tackled by that guy. But on that Zach Moss touchdown run where you know he breaks your 56 yards, it's because two defenders, you know, on, on the read option, they they basically went with Anthony because they thought they crashed down and sort of lost you know their 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 depth on the field because they thought okay the quarterback's gonna get the ball. He didn't. And although it doesn't show up in the stat sheet at all, him being on the field allowed sort of that that um you know mystery of who's gonna actually get the ball. Not the same way with Gardner Minshew, who to his credit has been incredible when he stepped in, not only this season, but just throughout his career as sort of that fill-in borderline starting in the NFL. So we'll see. But again, we don't know anything officially. All we know right now, definitively, is that Gardner Minshew is a starter in week six, and Anthony Richardson will, I would assume, um, be sidelined uh, for, for a little while. So we'll ask for another update tomorrow when we talk to to Shane. Um, we'll see where we, where we get from that. But um, the bottom line is this team, I mean, we can we can get more into this. They're 3-2, they're 2-1 and two, two and one in the AFC South, and they're you know going down to Jacksonville with a chance to get first place. And, and, you know, meanwhile, all this stuff is happening and it's like, OK, we got a chance to be in first place in the division. So um, maybe uh, Gardner Minshew can help them go down there and exercise some more demons and uh, in, in Duval County. I think I was going to say they have the maybe they have their own like can't call it a Kingslayer, but like, hey, they got the they got the former Jaguar <laughs> quarterback. They're like, if you can't beat him, join them. We'll just right, bring Gardner Minshew right. in. He'll, he'll be our starter in Jacksonville. You do get the Jaguars off of two games in London, you know, living in a different essentially living in a different time zone and playing. And again, they played really well um, beat Buffalo this week. So that's, that's a huge win for them, but coming back and having a play is, I don't get, I don't think it's as hard on them as it is maybe on some other teams who, uh, who go out to London, they were already out there. And, and again, this is a team that goes out there every year and pretty experienced at doing this, but again, it, it is one little advantage. I do want to point out because you mentioned to me and I've seen some things on Twitter and I just wanted to be to clear. And again, I, I agree with you. I think Gardner Minshew is probably, the best backup quarterback in the NFL all due respect to, you know, Andy Dalton and some others who have played pretty well this year too. But Anthony Richardson has been really freaking good. <laughs> like, I just want to make sure people understand, like yeah. I understand <laughs> he, he's, you know, cause I, like I, I if you look at his, if his completion percentage and that's where you stop, like you need to look beyond that. Like, again, I understand that it's not where you want it to be, but I'm, again, I'm just going to give EPA per drop back just generally. He's 11th right now. Anthony Richardson tied with, a guy who finished, I think, second in the MVP last year in Jalen Hurts. Okay. Like he's not really that far behind guys like Matthew Stafford. You guys all saw how well he's been playing from the pocket recently. Matthew Stafford is two spots ahead of Anthony Richardson in, in and drop and EPA per drop back. Like, and again, he's 11th right now in the NFL. Gardner Minshew is 18th at almost a net zero. Like he's negative 0.01, which is almost a net neutral, which means he's pretty much the perfect backup quarterback. He comes in, doesn't kill you, won't lift you to wins. But I'm telling you, Anthony Richardson, I was just telling James before, I was looking at his EPA per drop back against man coverage. Anthony Richardson is number one in the league, number one in the NFL. If you play man coverage against the Colts, Anthony Richardson will destroy you because if you turn your back on him to go cover your guy, he's going to run. And also he's made a lot of killer throws against man coverage too. So, I mean, again, ahead of guys like Patrick Mahomes is fifth on that list. So just to be clear, it's a shame that we're losing the development games for Anthony Richardson because he was showing so much promise and he still will when he comes back, but he it's will. just 
frustrating because he's been playing so freaking well right now and it's so fun to watch and Shane Steichen's been doing a great job again I know you guys all know this most of you are like yeah Jim we know we've heard that we've seen him play we know how good he is but he's been really really good for his but the conversation becomes fair or unfair you know we talk about how good he is if you play man coverage because he'll run can you still like do the offense the same can you still lean into those things that are why they felt so confident in picking him where he was at i mean the what makes him special is the legs so now the question becomes when he does come back how do we maybe i don't know dial it back tailor a little bit more to where we don't handicap this person but we allow maybe that's not the best word i definitely want to um you know dismiss the disability disability community i'll say limit this person in a way without allowing him to be who he is so i that's 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 the part where i'm like okay i'm glad i'm not the coach i'm glad i'm not jim bob cooter the offensive coordinator because fair unfair that that's a question i i feel like i had to ask yesterday you know um shane said we'll cross that bridge when we get there and, and, and that's fair i mean you don't know what you would do right now and and again it's that is it unlucky? Is it protecting him? But it's a louder conversation now. And I do think that, again, we'll ask Shane about it, I'm sure, again this week. But you can't just dismiss it like you did early in the season. And we all just kind of carry on about our day because while we want to dismiss it, and I would love to be able to predict the future and say, oh, you know what? Anthony got hurt a few games in his career, but he played the next whatever. And, you know, look up, look up in 10, 15 years. And it's like, oh, this guy was actually played like, you know, 90% of the games he was supposed to be in. But we don't know that. So that's that's the hard part for uh, all of this. But in the meantime, it's Gardner Minshew's uh, show. And and the cool thing about Gardner, um, you know, there are some limitations, but those guys really believe in him, too. And they rather and, I, and it's, it's rare in a sense, not that you wouldn't believe in the guy you're sending in there, but just from like a charisma, swagger, pers- you know, perspective. I mean, these guys love him, too, and, and they were really, really hyped to see him play well, you know, and, and obviously uh, he had some help there from. Zach Moss, who, um, you know, was supposed to be the afterthought, you know, Sunday with JT returning. And no, <laughs> Jim, he went off. No, they got a one-two punch now in the run game, too. And again, credit to Anthony Richardson for for drawing attention and helping that run game. And they're going to have to figure out a little bit way to be more efficient without him. I, again, Gardner Minshew has been a very, very good and capable quarterback. Their offense will be fine. I was looking through the numbers this morning. They are ahead of the pack in most in yards per game and in, in point and yards per play points per game this offense has been humming in terms of being around the top 10 top 12 offenses so they'll be fine they have good coaches good players offensive lines playing much better i mean can you believe like we're talking about the run game we're talking about the quarterbacks like i felt like last year everybody was like man this offensive line i think it's what cost frank reich's job frankly mostly was what you know i mean if we remember Jim Irsay called Jeff Saturday and saying initially to say, what the heck's going on with this offensive line? That was the issue that was pressing this team. And now they look pretty good. Like they're, they're playing pretty well. And now we get to talk about the quarterback play and the running back play and the one, two punch of a guy. Like I said, you, you crushed a feature the last week on it. Zach Moss, who is just like, he's a bowling ball, man. And he is. And again, showed a little breakaway speed. I don't think it'd be a lot of people like thought he had that. He's becoming an efficient running back and a one, two punch and a perfect compliment to a guy like Jonathan Taylor, who, He's the home run hitter. And again, I know he doesn't quite have the, like the Devin, I'm going to say his name wrong now because he changed it, Devon Achan of Miami where he looks like the home run hitter. You know, he's going to run the 4-3, but like that's what Jonathan Taylor is, right? Jonathan Taylor is that home run hitter and Dak Moss is kind of your bowling ball. you got a beautiful one-two punch there. And then it's perfect as they bring Jonathan Taylor along slowly because again, as much as everybody 
really wanted to just be like, Jonathan Taylor's back. Let's go. Like he's here comes 20 carries and 120 yards. Like the dude hasn't been on a football field. Like it's great that he played. I mean, that's a great sign for the conditioning and the shape that he stayed in while he was out. I mean, kudos to him, but you got to slow your roll a little bit. The guy has to get back into game shape, get used to taking a few hits. I know he was all smiles after the game, after he took a few hits. So yeah, it was good. But I mean, yeah, man, like you said, this, this run game is, is legit. And and again, credit to Shane Steichen and Jim Bob Cooter for putting together a, an exciting run game, even without, you know, the draw or the, uh, of Anthony Richardson uh, for defenses. Yeah. And I thought the funny thing about it after the game, obviously Zach Moss had a huge, huge game and it's just funny. Cause we look like geniuses like, Oh man, we got a story out and everyone's swarming them. And, and it's always fun. And, and he, he had a great performance. And if you read the story for those listening, you'll understand why, you know, I don't, I don't really, you know, root for teams, play whatever. You root for the person. And he, he he really did go through a lot in his life and told me kind of candidly when I was kind of like digging up some old stuff and asking certain questions. He was like, man, to be honest with you, I've suppressed so much of this. And, I, and, and he's kind of, it's almost like he's kind of deleted it because he's like, you know, you when you're in it, you don't really realize how bad things might be. And then you get out and it's like, I'm never going back to that. So I just I haven't thought about it so for so long. So he's like, you know, he'll carry, we're talking about his living situation, him and his mom and his, and his siblings. He was like, you know, yeah, we 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 stayed in this apartment for a while. And then he's like, oh, you know what? When I got to high school, you know, there was a time we stayed at a hotel and went, went to stay with my grandma. And he just kind of like casually goes through this stuff. And so like, wait, 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 wait a second, you did what? But to him, he was like, that's just what we had to do to survive and, and kind of, you know, get out of our situation. And so it's not, you know, the theme of the story was like, you want to know why he's running so hard, what he's running from. It's this life that he grew up in. Um, that that sort of shaped him, but also kind of gave him a different um, appreciation for where he is now. So, you know, I encourage you to all check that out. Um, talk to his mom, texted his mom, and she was uh, she was pretty hyped about the game and, and very happy <laughs> about everything. And, and Zach's wife was there and his son was there. So um, I'm sure that was a special moment for him. But to kind of pivot to JT after the game, everyone's asking about being back, right? We're in the pr- press conference room. And in my mind, and maybe I'm just a jerk. We're like three questions in, and no one's asked about the contract. And I'm like, wait a second. Like, well, yeah, yeah, you're back. But like a big reason I, in my mind, I would assume would help, would, which helped you, you know, smile in your return and be so happy to be back is the bag of money that you got the day before. You know, three years, $42 million, 26.5 guaranteed, $14 million annually makes him the third highest paid running back behind, you know, Alvin Kamara at $15 million, and then Christian McCaffrey at $16 million. So, he was happy about it. The only weird thing about the whole situation, which I'll let it go at this point because it's not a big deal. Um, you know, it, it's kind of you know in the rear view in a certain extent. The whole trade saga. It's that JT. It he will not even acknowledge that a trade request happened. That there was tension. That he might have been unhappy. It's just like you know, money changes a lot of things. People like if you give somebody a lot of money. Uh, oh man, a lot of things can be forgiven because I asked him point blank, "Hey, would you have played for the Colts again without a you know new contract?" And he goes, "You know, oh no, that, that doesn't matter. You know, it's all about getting healthy." And I'm like, "No, I don't know how much I if I can use some truth serum right now, I don't know how much I would believe this." But I mean, back to the Boy Scout, man. That's what he yeah. is. He's back to being the Boy Scout. Yeah, which is fine, which is totally fine. But you know, I, I at least felt like it was a necessary question because there are certain players. You know, I think uh, DeForest Buckner is a good example of he will never say anything too crazy or like, you know, a headline grabbing or whatever. But he also won't like it's not always so like Boy Scout because I asked him a similar question. I asked JT. I said, hey, what is it like when you're in the spotlight? People can look up how much you make 
and determine what they think you're worth when you're the one putting in the work and you feel like you deserve a raise. And, 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 you know, JT's like, Oh, you know, I, I just need on my family and, you know, it's all about getting healthy <laughs> and, you know, it's all about the team and all this stuff. And, and you know, he, he probably believes that stuff. And I'm not saying that it's disingenuous, although there is a certain level of, I think, um, you know, like kind of PR involved. And then with Buck, he was just like, no, it's like anybody else would ask for a raise. You feel like you're doing a good job. So you outperform, you go to your boss, you ask for a raise. It's like, it's like anybody else in America, but he was like, it's different because we're just NFL players and the money's different. So when we ask for a raise, it's like, Oh, be grateful for the millions that you're already making. However, it's all relative to their field. Um, he didn't say that last part. That's kind of what I've tacked on, but he was basically saying everyone would ask for a raise. If you feel like you've outperformed your contract, outperformed your duties. And that's the case that happened with JT. So the only question I, I kind of kicked myself for it because I didn't ask it and I didn't think to even ask it was because uh, I did. I asked him, hey, was the health the reason why you got a deal then because you got healthy? And he's like, ah, you know, I don't know. It's an organization's decision. So I was like, all right, like I'm never going to get anywhere with this. So let's just talk about obviously the positives, you know, you being back, the tandem of you and Zach Moss. And he was happy about it. But the weird thing when I did ask him if it was a win for running backs, that was as far as he would go, Jim. He was like, I do think it is. I definitely think it is. But then the answer kind of it opened himself up to criticism. I'm sure I want to hear your thoughts on this because he, he goes, yeah, it's definitely one for running backs. You realize that running backs are essential. You saw what Zach Moss did today. He had a huge day. You know, we could put the ball in his hands and, you know, ride him to victory. And I'm like, Zach Moss is in a contract year. He's on his rookie deal. He's a third round pick. You know, he's making like, I think I looked it up when I did the story. I want to say he's making like $800,000, like a million dollars this year. He's not making much money. And he had a, a buck 65 on the ground, 30 yards through the air, almost 200 yards total offense. And you're telling me that. And I'm like, no, that's the entire reason why people are saying you're not valuable. Now, I'm not saying that he's wrong. Um, obviously, JT wasn't going to come back and have, you know, this huge day, this huge workload. But I was like, w w this answer is that's that's why people are saying don't pay you. And now he doesn't care because he got paid. But Jim, what did you think of that? particular answer and just the irony of that statement you pretty much covered it i just kind of i just all you can really do is laugh and be like <laughs> well he got he got paid so he could say it what he wants but like no i mean you're right it's 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 uh it's exactly why people say don't pay running backs because you can put a guy and again i don't want to i'm not trying to disparage zach moss he's clearly a talented running back he was day two draft pick like you said for the bills they they saw something in him and i again i think even it when i was like when you were doing your story I was researching some stuff about what he was, how he was perceived in college. There are a lot of people that were huge fans of Zach Moss. Obviously he had the injury. I think that was a concern for him after his junior year, but a lot of people really, really liked Zach Moss coming out of college. So again, not trying to disparage him. I'm just saying all you can really do is laugh and all, or, or what you could do is you could be his agent and post a uh, victory, victory lap video with the receipts. I should have asked him how his how his agent helped get this over the finish line. <laughs> I feel like if I ask it like tomorrow or Thursday, it's like, oh, man, the ship is sailed. You're just badgering him at this point. And it doesn't matter. But, man, I should have asked that question just because it's it's a real question. And because I, I want to see uh, the reaction or, or if there will be some acknowledgement there that it was a very unique, you know, approach. But I will say this. Malki Kawa, for whatever um, you know, uh, issues might have had with him as far as his approach to negotiation and how, you know, aggressive he was and the, you know, uh, social media argument that he found himself in with the team owner of the player. He's trying to get paid all of those things. He got his player paid and he won. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily with 24 seven us based live customer service from discover Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jim Mercer admitted defeat, by the way, in the yes, story. Yes, he admitted it. Yes, he yes, said he yes. got he got, he paid he paid him ahead of time, and I was like, oh well, then you then you lose. Which again, he wins because Jim Mercer gets a very a star caliber player on his team who is happy. So that's ultimately what everybody thought would be for the best is that you pay your star player, he's happy, and they play. So Jim Mercer wins in the long run, but in terms of just the negotiation, he lost. And that's the part where a lot of you know maybe some listeners or fans they don't want to admit that, and I know it's hard because. You know, Malky, I don't really think he cares. He didn't make himself to be the most likable guy, but that's not how it works in business sometimes. And I do think that this is a this is a really good instance just for in general, honestly. And I, I kind of looked at it in my career as a reporter. Nice reporters don't get anything. Like you can get a high, you can get a buy, you, you know, shake hands. Oh, good to see you. But nice reporters, when you ask nice questions, all that stuff, you don't get what you need sometimes in tough situations. Being the nice guy for JT was not going to help him get paid sooner. I don't think so. I don't think had he just gone about his business and not, you know, asked for a trade, you know, not, well, I guess, worn the hoodie every day and not smile, all those things and had this agent who was so aggressive, so outspoken and just made the situation so like just loud. I don't think that we will be sitting here today saying, oh, JT's got an extension early. Now, he could have gotten it at some point. But I don't think he wouldn't have got, would have gotten it before he had to go back out there and put his body on the line for the team and didn't have that, as he put it, like that insurance, that security for his career, for his health. Because um, I'll tell you what, we'll never truly know how hurt Jonathan Taylor was with his ankle, what was going on. Um, you know, it was described as pain in the ankle from uh, Chris Bell. That's all we ever got. And then when we asked Jonathan Taylor, hey, well, why did it take so long for you to come back? Nate Atkins, when he started asking that, he referenced me and was like, hey, uh, you know, if James has, you know, ankle surgery and I have surgery and, you know, it, we're two different people. And I was like, wait a second, I didn't have any surgeries. And, and then he, the way that the, the, the answer kind of played out, it was funny because it's like he insinuated that like I would maybe I could recover faster. I'm not a world class athlete. I don't have, you know, you know, just doctors I can go to around the world to get the best of care. Like I got the local doctor and it's going to be like, oh, we can squeeze you in here or there. But I never had surgery. I'm not an athlete. Like, that was a, a very unique moment in my <laughs> reporting career. But all that to say, bottom line is, when he was on Pup List, he got paid. He comes back. You know, that's, that's nowhere in turn in his body at all. He comes back. 
still getting paid, plus, you know, a big, uh, you know, uh, extension. And then now when he goes out there and risks his future or risk injury, it's with this, you know, peace of mind knowing that, you know, forget the $42 million, I have $26.5 million guaranteed to me regardless of whatever happens. And for better or worse, the Colts took on some risk too there because as we've seen, you know, Josh Jacobs, although the Raiders won last night, he has not had a great year at all behind that offensive line out there in Las Vegas. I think he's averaging coming into that game like two yards a carry or something crazy like that. Saquon Barkley, you know, wanted a big contract. He got hurt. You know, Nick Chubb, who, you know, has been a great running back and, and really a great dude as well. You hear that all around the league. He got hurt. You know, uh, Christian McCaffrey, he's balling now, but for a couple of years there, he was hurt. You know, Alvin Kamara had a huge, a huge deal. He's been hurt. So, like, it, it's not like, the the team didn't take on any risk as well they did and so here we are but at the end of the day i mean again money money changes things man money makes you very very at least it makes it would make me happy so as much as i wanted to ask jt and get the inside scoop what really went down how'd you really feel man he really got the real money that's all that matters yeah he wins like i said he wins and monkey cow wins again i, I again this is hindsight and i didn't have a lot to say about monkey cow frankly during the thing good or bad I oh just, if you were just, if you did you were gonna be in the video yeah, <laughs> I know. Hey, man, like I said, if you want to take your, take your victory laps, I don't care. I like, I like, I like, I like guys pipping home oh, runs. I, I like guys celebrating touchdowns. So if you want to take your victory lap as an agent, take your victory <laughs> lap. I don't care. No, all I was going to say was it was weird how many people had a lot to say about the negotiation when running backs hadn't been getting paid. No, there was, I mean, you wrote in your story. There hasn't been anybody been paid. A running back hasn't been paid more than $10 million a year in two years. I just thought, listen, this guy's trying a different approach. He's being hyper aggressive. He's telling his, player whatever he was telling his player to do be aggressive on this and people were insulting it like yeah this is not gonna work this is never gonna work it's like well listen man like it's kind of like you said being nice hasn't worked the last couple of years with these all these other running backs Saquon Barkley tried being nice didn't work he wants to be a giant for life he wants to be here forever he said all the right things didn't get paid Josh Jacobs said all the right things wants to be with the Raiders didn't get paid you know what Jonathan Taylor, you're like, forget this man I'm in the last year of my rookie deal I know they're gonna pound you know they're gonna use me and then throw me away probably so I'm getting paid. I'm going to be aggressive about it, and I want to get paid. And you know what? It worked. So I, I, I said, I, I never understood quite insulting Malkikawa just because at least he was trying something different. At least he was trying to get his guy paid in a different way. And you know what? Like I said, it worked. Ultimately, it worked. The Colts got back to a corner, I guess, which is weird. Again, maybe not. Maybe they didn't have to pay him. I think they just didn't want this to play out anymore. You know, I, I keep thinking if they were 0-4 going into that, maybe they wouldn't have paid him. You know what I mean? Maybe not. That's something that they would probably never, ever – Maybe we'll maybe we can ask you know Chris Ballard at the end of the season, but had they been on four on five whatever, do you still pay this guy? I think that they saw, especially prior to the Anthony Richardson injury. Wait a second, we're two and two heading into this game. We're pretty good. We're in the thick of things. If we add JT to this, and and, and actually actually Jim Mercy said it himself. You know he said it himself. He said, hey, if we add JT to this team. That's are we looking happened. at the playoffs? Are we looking at? He was even saying AFC Championship, and I was like, "Whoa, wait a second. Uh, oh, yeah. against Miami, by the way. He he's right. already picked his team. He already knows, right? And and that's the <laughs> thing that that threw me off. And I was going back through listening to his teleconference call. I was like, "Wait, wait a second. They're, like they picked the site for the Super Bowl, not the AFC Championship game." And he's just like, "Miami. I want to be in Miami." So. That was a very interesting statement. Is the game in Miami or is... is I'm not the, even sure. Because do they do they decide the site for the AFC Championship? I thought the AFC Championship... No, no, game. no, no. They did. I thought they, I thought he meant... The Super Bowl this year is where? Is it, isn't it Vegas? Am no, crazy? no. Yeah, that, that Super Bowl, in, in, I believe, is in Vegas. He said Miami. So I think he just picked, like, 
the team. He oh, yeah, he picked think... who he picked. He picked who they were playing in the AFC Championship game. He just <laughs> right. overlooked Patrick Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and Joe Burrow. And again, he's just like my. It's gonna be Colts Miami, and maybe you know what? If he's right, I'll apologize. But man, <laughs> like in true Jim Ursay fashion, you know he, he couldn't he couldn't let like a, a Lombardi. You know he didn't say the word Lombardi, but it was on his mind. And then to his credit, and and I've said this too. I, I actually did Tennessee radio last week quite a bit. I'm leading up to this game because everyone wants to know JT going to play all these things like that. But I was asked, you know, what is it like covering Jim Irsay? And obviously, you know, it's it's had its moments in the past year or so. But one thing I will always, and I've said it from the beginning, agree, disagree with his decisions. He always speaks on them, which I respect a ton. As a reporter, all you ever want is people to tell you how they feel, what went into their thinking. It doesn't always work when you when you ask certain players or certain coaches what, what, what what's going on. And, I mean, Shane is like, you know, the nicest guy, like in the – 10 seconds he's getting up to the podium every week where he's like hey how's it going fellas what's going on how you guys doing well what are we laughing about in here and then he's like switches to like you know terminator mode i give you nothing take it and and, and, and you know and, and be happy jim will speak his mind he will always tell you how he really feels um for better or worse and i thought that his, his statement you know of all the things he said the most glaring thing that he said was it happened sooner than i would have liked Hey, and, and I put that in our headline, ran that on the athletic. Everyone was, oh, you just chose the one quote, you know, that, that he said to just to divide us even more. No, I chose the quote that mattered the most for the context yeah. of everything happening. And then obviously I wrote an entire story, which you can read on the athletic that gives you more quotes and more analysis. I mean, I, I all I did this week was write about JT and I was mid mid haircut at the barbershop, JT, you know, so all those things to say. Jim Irsay, hats off to him for always speaking his mind because there are owners out there who make decisions and you never hear from them ever. Um, I covered the Pacers for one season and I, and I think Herb Simon spoke once, but I was too new to actually like be invited to that because I've mean, been like a month into the job. But he's someone who might not talk for like, you know, he might talk once a year, if that. And, you know, Jim will, you know, hell, he he might tweet out a video just to give you his thoughts on, on what he's thinking. So, um, again, better or worse, got to keep your Twitter notifications on to make sure that you, you know, or X notifications on to make sure that you know what's going on. But he spoke his mind, and, and here we are. And, again, even without Anthony Richardson, JT's return gives them something, and maybe even more so now because of the limitations with Gardner Mitchell. You have a guy back there who um, we're talking about, you know, Gardner getting more reps this week. JT will get more reps as well, and I would expect a bigger workload for him. And truly, I, I do want to see what it's like when you do have, you know, JT and Zach Moss both rolling um, in a game. But I want to ask you this, Jim. The tag is free now. The Colts haven't used it since 2013. There is a player who's uh, unlike, you know, I guess JT and his agent. They haven't made any fuss. He showed up every day for work. He's uh, played pretty well. Michael Pittman Jr., how does he feel right now, Jim? My turn. I think is how he feels. It's uh, <laughs> he's played really well too. I mean, honestly, again, in a, in an offense that isn't super pass heavy. I mean, they've been, I think, more pass centric than I thought they were going to be. If you're in his shoes, dang, do I should I have to play the season out to get my deal? No, he shouldn't. The way he's handled it is the way I would be thinking about it. I'm not worried about it. He's a receiver. He's 25. He's real good. He's going to get paid, whether it's the Colts or somebody else. That's and that's what he pretty much has said to you. That's it. That's the truth. It's like. He's going to get paid. And if it's not the Colts, it's going to be somebody else. So again, this you're right. It is his turn and he should be the guy that's next up after Jonathan Taylor, maybe even should have been ahead of him. Who knows? But he is next in line and they do need him and they should resign him. 
but he ultimately just needs to keep worrying about playing because again, as a running back, you can't, that's like one the one position where you almost can't do that. You have to get paid when you can get paid and force the issue. But as a receiver, I really do think, eh, he'll be all right. Like I said, if, if, if he doesn't get 20 million from the Colts, he'll get 20 million from somebody else. Like that is true. I, so that's how I feel if I'm Michael Pittman. But again, I think you have your agent ask. He'd be like, oh, is it going to raise your hand? That's, and be like, that's can I, kind of what I'm thinking. I'm like, can I get some hey, of that money now? <laughs> you know, you, they didn't have to meet with me on the bus to, to and you didn't see me in hoodies, you know, on the sideline, very upset the entire time. I was going to say, I can make a stink too if you want me to. If that's how you <laughs> get paid around here. I mean, that's, you know, that's, 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 I mean, or I could hire Malky Caldwell. We can have a lot of fun with this. Uh, so, <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> no, I mean, like I said, I don't think he has to worry about it too much. He's played no. really well. And again, I, he's such a guy that I feel like fits the offense and Chris Ballard's mentality of like, he, he, he's willing to block, right? Like he likes blocking. Yeah. And you heard Steichen, like he's the enforcer, you know, giving out nicknames. And, and that's, I mean, that's like the most revealing thing Shane Steichen has ever said in a press conference. Cause he's so, um, and matter of fact, he didn't say it. The, the, uh, the Colts social media team put a video out about him being the enforcer. So I asked him about it, but he loves, you know, Pitt's toughness. So he feels like a Shane Steichen player going Agreed. forward. But um, you talk about, you know, Pitt not being in a rush. One thing I will want to say is free agency would help him a lot more than it would, you know, Jonathan Taylor, where you might enter a market where it's like a bunch of running backs. Wide receivers are, they aren't viewed through that same lens. And, you know, other teams interested in him, it could drive that price up even more to stay here. So he's like, you know, I was having this conversation with a few other uh, reporters and it's like, realistically, he's going to get 20 million, I think, minimally, annually. But if I'm him, I get to the season healthy. I have a pretty good season. I'm going to ask 25. Oh, I was going to say, you put a five at the end of that. Yeah, yep. that's my that's my starting point, and we'll see where we go from there. I know people are going to go nuts, Colts fans, because they don't think he's a number one receiver or $25 million receiver. It's like, I'm not even going to get into that debate. All I'm going to tell you is it doesn't freaking matter. I am telling you that if he gets to the free agent market, there will be a five at the end of that too, and, <laughs> and he, will, he will get that much money on the open market because guys, even of his talent level, even if you don't think he's like a number one dude, will get $25 million for his age. Again, it'll be him. It may be T. Higgins, and there will be a bidding war for those two dudes. I don't think there's anybody else that likes. I, I could be forgetting somebody that's like in that bracket of young and talented, but those are, and funny enough, they were picked, I think they were picked back to back, right? Or close to it in, yeah, uh, in that draft. So yeah, those guys will get paid and they're going to make a lot of money. So again, if I'm Michael Pittman, yes, you'd like it now. You'd like a little security, but again, even if he, again, unless he has like a, oh, and I guess Nick Chubb's injury wasn't as bad as we all thought, which is really great. But unless he has like a career defining injury, even if he tears his ACL, like now, I still don't think it's going to, he'll still get paid. I mean, maybe he'll get paid a little less, but he's still going to get paid. Like he's in a pretty good spot. So again, I think you ask, but I don't think it's that big a deal. I know we're running out of time here, but I needed to, like I said, I, t- I teased it at the beginning and I need you to get to it. Oh, he's wrote it. Like I said, I know, hey, you're a big Game of Thrones guy, so you get to go yeah, at it. Here we go. Yeah. The Kingslayer, Zaire Franklin, huge play. Again, we haven't even really talked about the game. I feel bad, but they huge play on uh, to stop Derrick Henry. Him and DeForest Buckner make just like an incredible play to to seal that win for for the Colts, or at least seal like that part of the game for the Colts. Yeah, I mean that guy was uh, he was feeling himself at the end <laughs> in the locker room, huh? <laughs> when he tweeted out the Kingslayer, you know, oh my god, because that was obviously people called Derrick Henry King Henry, the Kingslayer. And I had just watched Game of Thrones not too long ago. Jamie Lannister, you know, killed the Mad King in the show, whatever. And that was his nickname throughout the show, the Kingslayer. To call himself that, I was like, wow, like Zaire. And he walks that line very well between like, I know how good I am, but I'm also very humble. And he was like, I'm going to talk my talk finally. And he deserves it. I mean, he's been realistically. Last year, it was a great story, right? I wrote it. 
Um, I plugged it. I put it back out there for those of you who need to, uh, you know, read that story. Go to the Athletic. Just search Zaire Franklin. And you'll find this big feature I did on him throughout the offseason, which kind of picked up from last season where he set the single season tackle record for the Colts. And it talks about his entire life. Also, he's been through losing his mom and grandma 77 days apart in high school. The two matriarchs of his life who raised him all the pain he plays with. And then you see that fire, that emotion kind of come out in moments like that. And he, he called himself the Kingslayer. And I was like, Oh man, like that is a, a great, great, you know, just tweet. And then I, uh, you know, I'm sitting next to, you know, Bob Kravitz, you know, former colleague. And he's telling me, Oh yeah, I got Zaire in the locker room. I'm one guy. I can't get to everyone. I was running back and forth between, you know, Gardner and, and JT, whatever. And, you know, Bob graciously sends me the Zaire stuff. I was like, yeah, I'll use it for a story later in the week, or maybe I'll use it. Whatever. And I'm listening to it. I'm like, wait, he said what? And he, <laughs> he has the, the best quote I've heard in quite some time where he says one-on-one with in the hole, one-on-one in the hole with supposedly the best running back in the league. And I won. So what that make me? And I'm like, whoo, man, I could just like, if you could just see, I'm just like, you know, like where's the extinguisher? Cause I mean, that was the <laughs> spicy, spicy talk. And then you have, you know, the people who, and I shared it and it went everywhere. Um, I mean, truly everywhere. I didn't expect that to be so viral, but um, you have so many people commenting and chiming in. I saw Quiddy Pay retweeted my tweet about it. And obviously they're all, you know, hyped, but you have people who are like, wait, DeForest Buckner had his ankles. He did. He did. Um, but the quote itself was incredible. It was an incredible play by both players and all that to say, Zaire, you know, Kingslayer or not, whatever you want to, you know, call him, call him at least right now an all pro caliber player, like in the NFL, like he's playing at that level for the Colts. The only thing he's missing, if I'm like nitpicking between like him and like Fred Warner and others, he doesn't have like the splash plays and have like the interception, the forced fumbles, things like that. Um, although he might have one this year, I believe, where he might have been. He's close. got one forced fumble. Yeah, I'm looking at it now because yeah. you're in my brain because I've been looking up. His, I'm looking up his numbers now to be like, is he an All Pro or a Pro Bowler? And, I mean, and at the very least, plays. I think that he is a Pro Bowler at the le- at the least right now because that guy is playing extremely well. The only you know, NFL player so far to have ten tackles, I believe, in every single game, and they're not just like you know meaningless tackles no they're tackles that change games like that one did and uh Zaire was feeling himself and, and he certainly helped my story because I mean you're looking for you I mean that's what you want right you want you want something some color some emotion and that was I mean that was like I could just hear like like a, a rap battle beat in, in the back when he's saying that like <laughs> oh man this guy's going at it you know at Derrick Henry is Derrick Henry the best running back in the league no but still, the quote is uh the quote was uh was incredible. That was that was fun. And then you have to understand the context around it. They had lost five straight against the Titans. Derrick Henry, I think, coming into that game during that winning streak, had averaged like 120 yards a game. They had lost seven straight at home. So all of that sort of ended when he you know got that stop. They go down there, bleed the clock with Zach Moss, and get a win and move to three and two. And um, that's one thing I do want to kind of just emphasize with the listeners, even though I wrote the story that I felt had to be written with Anthony Richardson being hurt. And it was kind of like, oh, man, you know, doom and gloom. And, you know, it was a Debbie Downer story. You put so much into football that, I, you know, you it's almost like the Jets after they won their season opener, after everything that happened with Aaron Rodgers, you still let out all this emotion. You're still very happy because you won the game that you put a week's worth of effort into and put your body on the line to, to go out there and do. And so they were very happy. And you got, uh, you know, Gardner Minshew rapping along the Rich Homie Quan's some type of way. And I'm like, well, Gardner, what you know about that, man? Like, he, he, it was, it was fun. It was, it was, it was, it was a lot of uh, emotion. And, and those guys, I mean, to Shane's credit, 
whatever quarterbacks in there, whatever running backs in there, they're in every single game, which is uh, something you couldn't say last year to this point. No, nah, man, it's been an exciting season. And again, you, I don't blame Zaire for getting all pumped up about it. And again, you're, you're right. He's having an incredible year. I'm looking at his numbers. He's He'll have a hard time. I mean, the AFC's got some good linebackers in here. I'm looking at Roquan Smith. I'm looking at Quincy Williams. Some of these guys have made big, you know, big time plays, but he's right up there. Like I said, he's playing just as good as some of these other AFC linebackers. Well, now, typically, and I'll, this is sad, he's like, it usually takes a year for you to get the recognition that you deserve sometimes, but but we'll see. Like I said, that's, that's a conversation for down the road. For now, we are going to be focused on watching Jonathan Taylor's progression you know, in terms of how many more carries he's going to get, watching to see how this offense kind of morphs and changes around Gardner Minshew and looking to see if, I mean, this is a huge, this is where we're going to end it here. This is a huge, huge game in the AFC South right now going up against Jacksonville. They've already lost to him once. So if they get this one, same record right now, am I right? Yeah, three and two. Yeah. This is a massive game. So that's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun thing to, to, to talk about. And I, like I said, I'm super looking forward to talking about it uh, next week here with James. But for now, That'll do it for us on the Upper Quartile Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll talk to you soon.